moments. And uh, part of what I was sensing in the Holy Ghost is just uh, I know that fall is on the horizon. We've already had a few days. Now, my dad, he, he doesn't mind fall. He's a hunter. And he came up for a little visit on Monday. And uh, he said, you know, I saw some of the leaves turning. I think his eyes are getting a little bad. Sorry, Dad, if you're watching. Um, I sure didn't want to hear that. But uh, the one thing that fall does bring us is it kind of brings a focus for us. And it kind of pulls us all back into routine. And especially after the spring we've had and, the <clears throat> and, and just the natural cycle of things, there's something that uh, is powerful about routine, about the, just that us all kind of getting into the same flow of activity, and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and, and as I was thinking toward the fall, I just was trusting that God is going to do some great and mighty things. We, we had our eighth baptism since July 4th last evening, thanking God for that, and so, so grateful for what, so very grateful for what, what God is doing, and, uh, and God is just, there's a little, there's just a harvest that's happening right now, and we're celebrating it. But we're praying for more. The fields are white. The fields are white. And, and uh, as I was just praying through this and talking uh, to God about this, uh, you know, part of my, my focus was, you know, enlist. We need people to enlist. And, and, uh, and, and sometimes I think enlistment happens when people become aware of the environment that we're in. And, and uh, I, I want people to to be a part, and we're praying that every person finds, I know you're standing if you're wondering, did he forget about us? He's already into the sermon. <clears throat> you know, so I, I'm aware that, that there is, um, we want everybody to be involved, I, but, but sometimes there, there's a lack of involvement when people don't sense the need to be involved. Can I remind you that we need everyone? Is that too basic? Is that too simple for us that, that the church, this church, this local body of believers needs everybody, everyone that's in the room, we need you. We need you to be a part of what God is doing. We need you to be engaged. And, and I just wanted to talk to us for a few moments tonight because sometimes we, we do have the privilege of living in this first world nation that we're in. And, and uh, if we don't get too caught up on what's happening around us. It's, we do live fairly comfortably in spite of the challenges we've had over the last 16 months. And it's easy sometimes to forget about the war that we are in. And I just wanted just to bring a little reminder tonight that we are in a real war. And you are a part of the real army of believers. Everyone in the room is part of this army of believers that God has engaged for end times. And uh, I want to talk to us just for a few moments about that. So would you just allow that prayer to be a part of what we pray right now? Jesus, I'm asking tonight that, that you would allow this simple sermon to rest in somebody's spirit for the next few moments. And God, we're praying that you would, God, that somebody would sense the need that you have of them. The Father hath need of thee. God, you have need of many, everybody in the room tonight. I'm grateful, so thankful for people that have rolled their sleeves and become a part of God pushing this gospel forward in a world that resists, resists and, and God sometimes restricts what we try and do. But 
Father, I, I ask that you would let there be, God, let there just be a call in the Holy Ghost that would call people to enlist and engage in this purpose that you have before us tonight, I pray. In your precious name we ask. Would someone say, in Jesus' name? Because that is the only name with the power that we need. You may be seated. First Peter speaks about <clears throat> our adversary, and many of us have heard this scripture. It's worked its way into our Sunday school songs. It's worked its way into our sermons, and, and tonight it's just in this lesson that I want to speak to us about. The, the scripture says, be sober. Someone say, watch. Be vigilant. Someone say, stay awake. He won't be that long tonight. I won't be that long. Stay awake because, now listen, because your adversary, the devil, not your adversary, the boss, and not your adversary, your wife, not your adversary, your kids, not, not your adversary, but your adversary, the devil. We had a few problems around the office today, not with people, with technology. It was somewhere around three o'clock that, that we all started clamoring about and people came out of their study huddles. Pastor Matt was out somewhere in the youth chapel. He came down and says, did we lose internet? I came down to the upper office. I said, Brandon, did you lose internet? I stumbled by Eric's office. said, did you lose internet? We all lost internet. As a matter of fact, I don't even think we got it back yet. Anybody get a text saying, they're not streaming tonight. We're not streaming right now. It's kind of liberating, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just us. You know, and uh, I don't know what the problem is. We thought maybe it was the technicians that were here. But we came out to the tech room. There's nothing out of order there. We thought maybe it was the electrician. Tried to blame him. He said it wasn't me. <clears throat> maybe it was the construction team. They acted like they didn't do anything, and I don't think they did. I think it would, I don't, maybe just the telecom company. I don't know. We, we still don't know what the problem is. We worked at it. Brandon came back early. He was working on it. I don't know. <clears throat> But, but can I just tell you that I, I, don't, I don't really think it was the devil either. Now, some people, they'd be like, that lying devil. <laughs> no, I think it's a problem somewhere between. <laughs> I lost many of you right there. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think, I just think it's life. Sometimes life happens. So, sometimes, sometimes life just happens and. And, uh, and, and we just got to carry on and we say, well, I guess we won't stream tonight. We'll load it up later. We'll load it up. We'll go by cell phone. Somebody, if you, somebody really wants to watch the sermon, just flip that phone open and go live on Facebook. That's fine with us. Fire away. No? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. So not everything in life, I'm not... I haven't come tonight to say that every time we meet a little adversity or every time we have a little challenge or every time that, that we run a little low on funds or we have a little, a, little, a little excitement in our lives that we weren't anticipating, it's not always the enemy. But at the same time, I don't, the Bible says be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he is real and he is at work. He is fighting a real fight. And sometimes if we, if we hide in the shadow of the steeple, we can, we can, uh, we can just kind of get by with the idea that this is safe and, and this is nice. But we have a real, the Bible, Peter said, adversary. 
We have someone that is really engaged in spiritual warfare. There is a real attack. There is a real work that's advancing on a war that's advancing against the church. And, and so Peter wanted to remind that church, and we want to remind this church, to watch. To watch. And keep awake, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But the, the scripture didn't stop there and just kind of leave us all uh, wondering where in the world the next attack is going to come from. He gives us the solution. He said, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That there is a real war that's happening, but over and over and over again, our brothers and our sisters in the world rise to the surface of victory we come to the surface one more time every time that the enemy would come in with an attack we would come out with victory he's got a roar that's all he's got we have the victory that's what we can claim tonight we've got the promise that we've read the back of the book and we win we have the promise today that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world we have the hope today that victory victory is ours and we can claim it we can stand on it i think someone just needs to rest in that for a moment yes there are times when the enemy is going to advance but don't worry if you resist him steadfastly in the faith we are going to walk out on the other side in complete victory i feel it in my spirit i have that hope rising in my soul tonight i know that we are going to be victorious but I don't want to be ignorant of the adversary tonight. Someone just shout, aware of the adversary. Aware of the adversary. We, uh, we have to focus on that and we have to be aware of that. We, we can't just kind of go to sleep. And, and I'm so thankful for the history and the heritage that this church has. And I'm grateful for the, the multi-generational uh, tribute and testimony that, that sits in the room today. We, we can look back to grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents, some of us. And, and we can stand and say, God has been good. And God has been faithful and God has been true to his word that we are victorious. We are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have that testimony tonight. We have that testimony. That's what we're talking about. But we can become comfortable in that environment sometimes. And we can ease back into the comfort zone. But God's saying, I need a church that's on the front lines. Serving God in this army is a top priority. It was Joshua. He was aged and he's nearing the end of his life. And many of you have heard this scripture. But he came to Israel and he challenged them. He said, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell right now. But he said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And your theology will dictate your ideology. Your theology will determine who you're going to serve. Um, let me just use cats and dogs since I don't like cats. I mean, dog theology, some of you have heard this. Dog theology is you feed me, you house me, you love me, you must be God. Cat theology says you feed me. You house me, you love me, I must be God. Yeah. 
Animals can get it backwards, but so can we. Um, and thankfully, we've got, thankfully, we've got most people with, with dog theology, but there may be a few around with a little bit of cat theology. How can you serve me? What is, uh, what's the church done for me lately? A dog theologist would say, God, I'm going to give you everything because you gave everything for me. You know, our military, we speak about <clears throat> the people that serve our nation and serve our people locally and all around the world. We speak of them as being in the service. Someone say service. That's a little bit about what we're talking about tonight. Um, we, we've known, my, nation, my generation, we've, we've known the Gulf War. We've, we've known a few other uh, national wars, but we've never, <clears throat> never known, I've never known, so there's some in the room that have, I've never known a world war. I've never known that. I, I've never been, <clears throat> been a part of the environment where that was happening. Now we have some, some people in, and we are losing that generation rapidly and, and, uh, and we need their voice in our generation or we need the echo of it for sure to remind us about the price that was paid for us to, to be privileged to be who we are today. And, uh, you know, there was... Our text spoke about being vigilant and, and being aware, but, but being awake, about uh, you know, not allowing ourselves to go to sleep. That in, in wartime, in, in World War time, uh, war posters were a key part of the Canadian government <clears throat> campaign to stimulate support among Canadians. Canadian war posters were also used to recruit, to encourage wartime productivity and to raise money through victory bonds and, and other savings programs. They, they constantly and consistently challenged people to watch. They, they challenged people to be vigilant, to be aware that it, it was different now, that the, there was a real enemy, there was a real responsibility that people had to enlist to be a part of the, the, the solution, I'll, I'll use that, although it's used frequently nowadays, but, but on every level, in, in their homes, in, in what they would do, save bones, save rags, save paper, save rubber, save glass, they're all vital war needs, stop waiting, get ready to beat Hitler, go, enlist, now, it was this challenge that came over and over, come on Canada, Let's be a part of, of victory and let's be a part. And, and these posters were, they made their way into, into the uh, advertising. They, they made their way under the sides of buses, matchbox covers. They, they made their way into to any kind of media that they would have had of their day, their billboards, uh, their workplaces. All kinds of uh, advertising vehicles would be used just to allow people to consistently have a quick glimpse and be reminded of the reality of the war that they were in at that time. And maybe, maybe we should and could do a little better on this front. I'll, I'll use the word front. Because sometimes we, we've got to be reminded like Peter did to the church of his day. Come on, be aware. Be watchful. Be awake. Because your adversary, the devil. That there is a real war. You know, the effort in, in wartime was there to enlist. It was, it was there. It was given over and over again. It impacted people's private lives. It impacted their public lives. Every single aspect, their food, their fun, their family, everything was impacted by the effort to defeat the enemy. 
They were reminded every time that, that they opened a you know, opened the cupboard. There was something there to remind them about the wartime effort. Every time that they were walking down the street, there was a bus that would go by. There was a bus stop with a billboard or a, a, an advertisement that would remind them that they were in war. I, I just want to remind us today that, that we are in a war. That we're in a war. Is that okay? I, I mean, I'm just coming back to it a few times because sometimes we, we get a little bit, of, we sense a little bit of that pressure and then we just say, well, okay, we'll carry on. Pastor Jack, we'll just carry on with the message and we go on to the part about victory because we like that. But there is only victory when we're all engaged in fighting the war. Because we have a, a God that's going to be triumphant. But the fact is, is that your neighbor needs you to be involved in this war. Your workplace, uh, <clears throat> the people that you work with, they need, they need you to be aware that there is an adversary, the devil. They need you to be aware that, that this fight, that you are fighting on that front and that your prayer is impacting their lives, that your prayer is making a difference in your workplace, that your prayer is going to be involved and engaged in fighting this battle because the enemy would like to destroy, but we serve a God that came to bring life. And so the church is that light in the midst of darkness. The church is that voice in the midst of confusion. The church becomes that in the time of this spiritual war that we are engaged in. Will we be victorious? Absolutely. But we want to be victorious with as many as we can. We honor those who went before that served our nation, fought for our liberty, for justice, for freedom. But the victory that we enjoy today was because so many gave so much. I know I'm in danger of getting off my notes. Because I do get a little frustrated sometimes when we have Remembrance Day services. I'm off. There we go. And, and, and people would rather enjoy their freedom for those few moments that we request for, come, for people to come to the cenotaph and be reminded of and remember the price that was paid. That they're so engaged in their liberty and in their freedom that they don't even want to be constricted for a few moments one day a year to remind us of, a, of what somebody did for us, of a price that was paid. Could, could that possibly bleed over into the church environment? I think it could. Because we're humans. That's part of human nature. That sometimes we live in the victory of today, but we forget about the price that was paid in our past. I mean, <clears throat> I've told it before, and we've been reminded by Walter Brown. He was the deputy mayor of Marysville when it was its own little community and, and, uh, and, and went on to serve this, the, the city of Fredericton. But, but he reminds us whenever we usually have a conversation with him, he said, nobody wanted you guys here when you came. Nobody. Nobody wanted this church here. There was many churches. Boss Gibson was, he, he was very adamant about churches being constructed. But we were the new kids on the block. We were the ones that people, we were the holy rollers. And we were the screamers and the preachers. And we were the one God people, the Jesus name people. We, we weren't welcomed in the community when we first came. We weren't. Somebody paid a price. 
Somebody paid a price and stood up and said, uh-uh, you've got to understand the word of God and you've got to understand this revelation of the mighty God in Christ. And somebody stood up and preached truth and somebody declared the greatness of God and somebody, in spite of tomatoes flying their way, in spite of cold river water baptisms, they still baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a church here in this community because somebody stayed and somebody prayed and somebody fought through the spiritual warfare that was at work in their day and we have a liberty now because of what was paid in our past but I don't want to rest in that come on we have our own war to be engaged in there is still an adversary the devil and I just got a little bit of fight in my spirit today that victory that we enjoy can only be had if somebody's willing to pay so here's our question what about the next generation they will receive what we fight for. They will live in the victory that we are engaged in. And that is why prayer has got to be a priority. And that is why preaching truth has got to be our priority. That is why holiness and a separated lifestyle has got to be our priority. Because the victory that we walk into today becomes the victory that they live in tomorrow. So the natural can teach us a little lesson about the supernatural. I'll see you all November 11. Oh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. We, we love it. We, we do it. Thank you for Ryan and Emily for, for picking up the torch. But we, we've done that for many years. Some, some, of those, some of those Remembrance Day services were wonderful. I mean, we could have wore a t-shirt. Then there were others where I remember there was one. Kristen was so cold that she was literally shaking involuntarily. And I had done everything that I could do. I had taken the little, uh, uh, you know, the hand warmers, shake them up, and they get warm. I had taken those, and, and I had taken uh, uh, I, I, the, the, the little mats that we stand on to separate our feet from the frost. We'd done that. We, at one year, I even brought down a, the, the, you know, the heated... What do you call that thing? What is it? Yeah, the heating pad. <laughs> so we had the like four plugins. We had the sound system, the microphone, the heating pad. <laughs> Underneath the, the foam, you know, trying to do what we could to to stay warm. So I'll see you there November eleventh. Heating pad and all. But, you know, we, we did what we, we could. Or, but but we, we did that because it was a reminder about the price that was pray, paid. And as they would read down those list of names, every person was somebody that paid a price for our freedom and our liberty. So, the natural teaches us lessons about the supernatural. That's why... Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles. I looked that up. It was the methods of trickery. The laying in wait of the devil. That ye may be able to stand. God intends for us to stand. And when we're aware, when we pull on the whole armor of God, that's part of the warfare that God is calling us to. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness 
in high places. We have a purpose to fight for. We have a responsibility to fight. Someone say, I'm going to fight. Aware of the adversary. Joshua and Caleb were only two voices of 12 that had the confidence to come back to their people and say, we are able to go up and take the country. The walled cities, the giants had challenged the small thinking and limited scope of victory that the children of Israel had. But Joshua and Caleb came back with a positive report and encouraged, attempted to encourage the heart of the people against the discouragement of the 10 other spies. The location of, of that battle would become the next generations because God said, if you're unwilling to go, then you'll wait until this generation passes. And it's later on in that season while Joshua and Caleb are waiting for that next generation to die off. I'm sure that as they waited, God challenged Israel through Moses. He brought them to a place between two mountains and he said, he challenged Israel part of their people to stand on Mount Gerizim and then he challenged part of the people to stand on Mount Ebal and in between those two locations he challenged the people of Israel and he told them that God would bless them if they would yield and obey. He told them that the people that were on Mount Ebal that he said if He said, these that shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan. He said, if you disobey, then cursing is going to be yours. But he said, if you obey, then the blessing of God. And we talked a little bit about blessing a few weeks ago. He said that the blessing of God would rest upon those people. He said, these shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you come over to Jordan, over Jordan, Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin. The blessings would come for obedience. And the promise was there that God gave them through Moses. He said, uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, he said, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Not the enemy overtake them, but the blessing of God would overtake them. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then we picked this verse up a few weeks ago. We said, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Now listen, part of the blessing included the promise of victory. Verse 7, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. And they shall come out against thee one way, but they are going to flee before thee seven ways. That is a mighty, victorious God. And if we are willing to obey, then God will let those blessings of victory rest on us in our lives. We can come back to the music tonight. Verse 8 continues, it says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee in a whole nation unto himself and he hath, as he hath sworn unto thee, 
if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all of the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and thee, they shall be afraid of thee. They shall be afraid of thee. And the devil is going to fight what he fears. He is afraid of the church. And the call tonight is simply to be aware of the adversary and church to rise up. That we wage war in prayer. That we wage war through the word. That we wage war when we are faced and confronted with the attitude and the elements of the world. That if we are willing to stand, pastor preached it Sunday night. Just Hebrew Hebrew boys, while everybody else bowed, they're, they're <clears throat> comrades and some of the other Israelites, along with all those in Babylon, bowed down. And they got thrown in the furnace, but they came out victorious because they were simply willing to stand. And God stood with them. The devil's going to fight what he fears, but he fights from a place of predestined failure. Do we, do we believe that? That the enemy fights from a place because he knows he's already beat. But we fight from a place of victory, church, because we know we win. We win. We win. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to back up into the corner. Step up. Step in. Engage. And God will bring us the victory. Aren't you glad that you're on the winning side? Our text, back to our text, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day who you will serve. You're going to serve somebody. I don't know about <clears throat> what all Bob Dylan got right, but he get that one right. You're going to have to serve somebody. Today, you're going to serve somebody. If you went back to our text, it said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And then it goes on, verse, verse 5, chapter 5, and verse 10. It says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, that's the part we left out until now. Bait and switch. No. After that you have suffered, there is going to be a little bit of suffering sometimes, but it's all for a greater purpose. After you have suffered a while, God said he will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I wonder tonight, some of you may be in the midst of the battle. Some of you may have backed up from the battle. Some of you may be in the midst right now of that environment where you are suffering a little bit right now. But God's just perfecting you. God is just strengthening you. We don't expect perfect people. We expect a God that's at, in the work of perfecting us. God's perfecting us. The struggle that you're in right now, let me tell you why. God's perfecting. You know why you're fighting what you're fighting? Because you're not perfect, but God is perfecting. The fight that we fight is because God 
is bringing us into a place of victory. Whom resists steadfast in the faith? Would you stand together with me tonight? We need to be aware of the adversary. And I don't know what, <clears throat> what the battle is. And I'm not sure what level of awareness you need in your life. But, but the, the Holy Ghost just prompted me to remind us tonight to be aware of the adversary. Your fight isn't somebody. As much as that person may get on your nerves, that's not who your fight's with. Brush it off and carry on because there's greater challenges. There's greater struggles. There's a war that's being waged. We've got to be aware of it. Your Goliath doesn't carry a sword or a shield. He's not standing on a hill hollering. Your Goliath just sneaks in and but the scripture is challenging us tonight to be aware because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Anybody willing to resist tonight? I'm ready. I'm ready to wage war. I'm ready to fight the enemy. Come on, has God been faithful? Hasn't God been good? I think, I think Brother and Sister Thompson are celebrating 65 years today, aren't they? Is there testimony that God's been good? I know He has. 65 years. I'm sure in a few, a few times, maybe they thought the other was the enemy. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. But that wasn't the enemy. The enemy is that adversary. Be aware of the adversary. Love one another, but fight the devil. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the victory that you said is ours. I'm grateful for the triumph that awaits. God, those heavenly hills of home will be ours one day. We're going to stand and celebrate your victory over and over and over again. But God, until we get there, I pray that you would put a little fight in somebody's spirit. God, their soul is worth fighting for. God, I pray that you would put a burden on us because their souls are, are worth fighting for. I'd ask tonight, Jesus, that you would strengthen someone whose arms are weakened in the battle. God, I pray that an Aaron and a Her would come alongside and would hold up the arms of somebody that's weary with battles today. God, I ask for that strength that you promised would be ours. God, that perfecting work that you're accomplishing, the strengthening that you're bringing into somebody's spirit, they, they just sense defeat right now, but you're strengthening them. They may fall seven times, but they're getting back up because you're strengthening them. You're perfecting them. Your promise is being released in them. There's grace sufficient for the day. And for that, we give you great praise tonight. I love you tonight, Jesus. I thank you for your hope. I thank you for your help. And we praise you in the midst of this process that you have us in. And God, we are willing to fight. Choose you this day. God echoes in our ears. But it's a reality that we're willing to embrace. We choose you, Jesus. We choose you tonight. Would someone just shout amen? Amen.